So this week, again, I just wanted to, to go into, into Psalms because I really feel like the book of Psalms is, is really speaking to me specifically now during this time. Have you, have you been reading the books of, book of Psalms? You would have noticed that as well. Have you noticed that the Psalms are kind of jumping out at you even more so today than ever before? I really, I really do think they take on new meaning, especially uh, in their ability to express lament, Right? So what does lament mean exactly? Well, we're in, a right, we're in a time right now where there's not a whole lot of celebrating going on. Have you noticed that? That there's not a whole lot of celebration going on. Sophia's birthday is on the 30th of this month. And it's sad because if anyone knows Sophia, she's a girl who likes to celebrate and likes to celebrate herself as well. So her birthday is a very important occasion. She counts the days. You know, it'll be October 31st, and she'll be counting 364 days until her next birthday. Uh, so she likes to have birthdays. And, and unfortunately, you can't have kids over for a birthday party right now. It's just not a safe thing to do. Uh, it's not a wise thing to do. So, you know, we have to try and make it as special as possible. That's hard for a child, you know, because kids right now at this age, they love birthday parties. It's the one thing that they absolutely love, and they can't do it. But, you know, that's just a small, I mean, that's a, just a small kind of insignificant issue compared to some, what some people are going through right now. I think of uh, some of uh, our uh, elderly people that are, that are in their homes right, homes right now. They're not allowed to leave the care homes that they're in because of the danger of coming out. That's an awful thing. Uh, that's a terrible thing. And we need to pray for, for all our people that are, that are in those homes right now. And, you know, there's a lot, that's actually quite a bit of anxiety that's still going on right now and a lot of pain, a lot of stress. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you've seen this, the reports on it, but the dentists right now are even saying that there's a whole new thing happening. They're seeing a lot of patients coming in with cracked and worn down teeth because of the stress that people are under. Isn't that something? So, you know, the fact that the pain might not be being expressed externally, some people are really cool and collected, and that's great, but there's obviously a lot of internal stress and turmoil that's going on with people. And, uh, you know, even if it's not being expressed outwardly, it's an internal thing for so many people. And I think it's important for us as believers to express empathy to those that are around us. Right? Express empathy because the pain is absolutely real. God is absolutely aware of the pain in the world right now. He is absolutely aware of it. He is aware of the pain that you might be feeling. Let me assure you that he is merciful to that pain. Uh, which brings me to the text today, which is going to be uh, Psalms 59. And it's one of the psalms that was written during a, a specific occasion. Uh, it was written during a, a time uh, where uh, we know exactly what was going on when David wrote it. It was during a special occasion. It was actually written uh, when David was on the run from Saul. Okay? And uh, he was basically in quarantine in his wife's house, Michael. Uh, he was there stuck in his house. And all of you can relate to that right now, right? He was stuck in his house, Saul's daughter. And he was surrounded by Saul's men who were trying to kill him. Uh, not because of anything that David had done, by the way. David had done nothing. Saul had already tried to kill him. He already threw a spear at him. Uh, so Saul was basically just jealous of the popularity that he had over the people. He was the, the, the champion of the people. And Saul obviously didn't like that. And uh, he felt very jealous and very insecure about it. And he sent his men out to go and kill David. And uh, so what happened then is that uh, David was just hiding out in Michael's house. And uh, he was praying to God. And this is the psalm that he wrote during that time in Psalm 59. So he was trying to figure out a way to get out of that house, you know, like Mission Impossible style to try and get out. Because there's people all around his house, uh, just outside the door. 
And it was this time hiding out that he wrote about this psalm, which I find is pretty incredible. The chaos, the turmoil, the danger that was just outside the door, and he wrote this psalm. And again, I think that most of us can relate to a danger that's just outside of our door that we cannot control, that we cannot strategize against, that we can't do anything for. We just have to seek the Lord. Amen? I think we can all relate to that. Right? So David, however, he doesn't actually, when you read the psalm, and you can turn there right now if you want to, Psalm. I'm going to read it in a little bit, uh, but uh, in Psalm 59, he doesn't seem to actually be bothered at all by what's going on, but he has perfect confidence in God. Perfect confidence in God. He expected that an escape would be made for him. He expected that God would come through for him and deliver him from the danger that's around him. And I, I believe this verse, I'm going to read a portion of it in a second, but it gives us a clue on how God, you know, how we know that God, uh, you know, is, it's, it's actually a time where he actually expresses one of God's specific names as well, too. So depending on who you ask, in the Bible, there are several hundred ways that God is described, several names of God that's given. But this in Psalms 59 actually gives us a very unique name of God, and it's this, it's Elohim Shesedi, which means the God of my mercy. The God of my mercy. So why is it important to know the name of God? Well, what's the first thing you do when you introduce yourself to somebody? Hi, my name is, right? Hi, my name is, you, give, you introduce your name. It's important to know the name of somebody when you're introducing, when you're coming into a relationship with them, right? You have to know the person's name. But what struck me about this particular verse is that it's actually the only place in Scripture where Elohim Shesedi, the God of my mercy, is named. So that is something significant. There's another understanding of the word Shesedi too, and it's this, the God who loyally loves me. Isn't that beautiful? There's nothing more comforting to know when somebody loyally loves you so much right? That their loyalty is unquestionable. A lot of people say that dogs are, are very loyal. Uh, I can tell you, though, that that's probably not true. Uh, we have a new puppy, as you all know, that comes to us. And uh, you think that, oh, he's so loyal to us. But if he ever goes over to uh, either Sue and Gary's or my parents' house, uh, because they give him treats, because they give him attention, when we're leaving the house, he, he hides out. He doesn't want to leave. He becomes loyal to this other household that's just giving him attention and food. So... Not so loyal there. But here, David's expressing his certainty in God's character and that, that God is on his side, right? God is on his side. And like most Psalms, David reminds himself of actually God's character, which gives him strength over his really impossible situation, which is also something that we can do, right? It's something that we can absolutely do to find peace in any situation because we so easily forget the past. A lot of us forget the past so easily, what God has actually delivered us from in the past. We're always thinking about, now and the future, we don't remember what he's already actually done. Situations where God has already been loyal and merciful to us and faithful. So I'm going to read a couple of verses here from, from um, Psalms 59. I'm going to start with verse 9. You are my strength. I watch for you. And remember, this is Dave hiding out in the house, right? You are my strength. I watch for you. You, God of my, are my fortress, my God whom loyally loves me. This is where it says, God of my mercy, Elohim Shesedi. God will go before me. God will go before me and will let me gloat over those who slander me. Verse 7, I'm going to skip over to 17. You are my strength. I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress, my God whom loyally loves me. Again, God of my mercy. Not once, but twice in the span of a couple of verses here. Remember, something's said twice. I mean, it's something that we have to pay attention to. 
right? David declared God as the God of his mercy. And notice the wording here. It's easy for us to read through that and say, God of mercy, which is great. Yeah, God of mercy. That makes sense. He is the God of mercy. Uh, he certainly is that. But it's not what it says. It says the God of my mercy. My, he's personalizing. It's the God of my mercy, the God who's shown me mercy. At this point, David has every right, you know, he has every right to be mad. Uh, he, had, you know, he had every right to be even wanting to be vengeful against Saul at this point. He had done nothing wrong, right? He had every right to be that way. Uh, you know, he had done nothing to deserve the, the treatment that he was under at the moment. Have you ever blamed, been blamed for something that's not your fault before? Have you, ever, have you ever been blamed for something that's not your fault? I can tell you a story about one when I've been blamed. For, when, remember church camp we used to go to all the time? <laughs> My dad always talking about I went to church camp. I was young. I was probably seven years old, maybe. And uh, I, I was already drinking tea at that point because my parents, my mom's British, so I'm already drinking tea when I'm one years old. Uh, but uh, we're, at, we're at the church camp, and uh, so I have a cup of tea in front of me, and it's been prepared for me, and I start drinking it. And I, as soon as I drink it, I spit it all out, spray spit it everywhere, which would be totally bad in today's coronavirus time, by the way. But spit it out everywhere. And uh, my dad goes, what are you doing? Why would you do that? And then I'm like, Dad, it tastes, tastes really bad. Then he was really angry, but then he tasted it. And then my dad did the exact same thing. He spit it out as well. And it's because the youth who were actually running the kitchen that day had replaced the sugar with salt. <laughs> so I had had a nice uh, taste of tea with salt in it. I don't, rec I don't recommend it. Uh, but uh, my dad was very apologetic. He's a good guy. He doesn't, you know, I can't complain about my parents at all. They were very, very nice to me. <laughs> but it's not nice to be blamed for something that's not your fault, right? It really, it, re it isn't. And uh, David was being assaulted for absolutely nothing. And, uh, you know, he could have, he, at this point, he had so much popularity behind him, he could have staged a coup against Saul. He could have done that. He could have taken matters into his own hands. But instead, he showed mercy. And in this psalm, he admits that the desire to show mercy actually came from God and not his own strength, Right? David was a man after God's own heart. He showed the, the same mercy that God shows us because the saying is true, isn't it? It's always better to give than it is to receive, and the same is true with mercy. It's funny that, that people that uh, have received God's mercy, a lot of us that have actually already received God's mercy, that have been redeemed, are also the ones that are quickly to condemn, unfortunately. Right? We are, it's so much easier to, to show judgment, to condemn, than it is to actually show mercy on people. I hate to say it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I, I do it as well. I've, been, I've done it in the past. But we have to recognize, he is the God of my mercy. He's the God of my mercy. I, I can't hold these things against people. I have to show the same mercy that God showed me. Otherwise, I'm a hypocrite. Right? The, the truth is, though, that if you have a true encounter with God, if you understand the mercy that you've been given, you're also going to have the humility to realize that this mercy is always, that also has to be extended to others. It has to. In fact, if you think about the whole idea of evangelism, when you think about it at its core, what evangelism is, it comes from this. It comes from that this loyalty, this mercy has to be shared. It has to be shared. It's not meant for an elect few, people that deserve it, the people that have a certain income level, the, certain, the people that have a certain number of assets. No, it's not for the VIPs. It's the same mercy that's for absolutely every person. Every man, woman, and child in creation deserves his mercy. And sometimes we make light of God's mercy as well, too. Because of his mercy, you know, we've been given a second chance. We've been given a third chance. We've been given a fourth chance. We've been given a fifth chance, a sixth chance. 
a seventh chance, an eighth, a ninth, a tenth, eleventh. We have as much mercy, it's overflowing. There is no shortcoming of mercy that is extended to us. And he has shown us forgiveness and canceled the full consequence of the actions that we actually even deserve. But thank you, Jesus, for your loyalty, for the devotion that you've showed us. Thank you for the power of your mercy. Hey, Ben, thank you for it. It spared us from the enemies that surround us. So can we agree, that, like David, that we're going to be the ones that freely give this mercy out to everybody as well, too? We should be the ones that freely give out that mercy, that show empathy, that show care to people in the same way that God has shown it to us. Amen? Amen. God of mercy. So here's an amplified, uh, here's an amplified uh, reading of uh, Psalm 59 and 10. My God, Elohim, in his loving kindness, in his mercy, in his loyalty, Shesedi will meet me. God will let me look triumphantly upon my foes. So it's so beautiful when you read it that way, isn't it? Here's another verse too, which is interesting about mercy. It's Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That we may obtain mercy. David was speaking boldly about the mercy that was available to him in his time of need. He was surrounded by his enemies that he describes as like packs of dogs that were surrounding him, right? And, uh, but David knew mercy was coming. He knew where it was coming from. And man, that, ver- that verse in Hebrews, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. I love that. I love that word boldly. Don't you? I can come boldly to the throne of grace. My children come boldly to me at times, a little too boldly most of the time. Daddy, I want a drink. Daddy, I want a snack. Woo, that's a bit too bold. But you know what? We can actually approach the throne with the same level of boldness as a child comes to their father and ask for that grace, ask for that mercy. Amen? But we as his children, we can go boldly to him with that same comfort of a child. Amen. So what does that mean, though? What does that mean? Because there's, there's actually an implication to that, too. It means that we are admitting that we can't actually do it on our own. It's like the song said this morning, I come to you in my weakness. I'm coming to you with my weak. Understanding that I'm a weak person, I can't do it on my own. Have you ever noticed that, uh, have you ever been to Home Depot before, that there's a lot of people that are walking around that, that they're wearing the, the Home Depot uh, sash or apron, whatever you want to call it? Most of the time, they walk by and they ask you if you need any help. Because you want to know why? Because men don't usually ask for help. <laughs> have you noticed that? It's really silly because any woman that goes in there and doesn't know what she's looking for, they'll ask and they'll be out of there in two seconds. But every man that goes in there is going to be there for at least half an hour trying to figure it out for themselves. It's totally a pride issue. Pray for us, ladies, please. Probably pride. But anyways, David knew that he couldn't handle this on his own. He was seeking God's mercy in all this. David was not, you know, David was not displaying this pride in Psalms 59. He was recognizing that he can't get out of this particular situation without the help from God. And you would think, actually, that this giant slayer, this guy, this, this guy that had taken out a lion, that had taken out a bear, you know, that had taken out Goliath, you would think that he would have enough confidence to know that I can get out. Of, these are just common soldiers. I can get out of here, no problem. Right? But no, he knows his limitations. He knew his limitations. You are my strength. I watch for you. You, God, are my fortress, my God whom I can rely. God will go before me. I'm not going to go before myself. God will go before me. He recognized that he couldn't do it himself. And guys, this is, one of the, this is actually really one of the, the bold points of the gospel, isn't it? 
And it's the love of God. I love that's eternal. I love that spontaneous. I love that it's not earned, but it's a love that, that just loves because God is love. Right? God will go before me. You know, I have to continue to remind myself that, that God actually loved us before we loved him. He loved us before we loved him. God will go before me. Before we existed, he had a plan to redeem us. He had a plan to save us. God will go before me. He had a plan for us. He is before us in all good things. And this is something that blows my mind. He is before me. The eternal purpose of Jesus before the foundations of this world was to be a sacrifice even for my own sin, for me, my own sin. For me, before the foundations of the world, even before sin existed, even before Adam and Eve, there was mercy before me. There was a plan made for cleansing us from all iniquity. God before me. So why does this make my head spin? Because, because sin is actually a thing of time. If you think about it, sin is a thing of time. But mercy, <laughs> mercy is everlasting. Mercy is everlasting. Mercy before me. Before you and I sought the Lord, the Lord sought us. God will go before me. Hallelujah. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that amazing? The first thought of reconciliation actually wasn't with man. It was with God. Isn't that amazing? God before me. It's always been about him and not about us. The beginning of the love story has always been about his love for you. About him making a way before we even knew we needed it. Before we knew we needed it. The God of mercy before me. The God of mercy will go before us. That alone is worthy of praise, isn't it? That alone is worthy of praise. I could pack up now and that would be a good sermon. I could leave that with you and it would be fine. Uh, but here's one more. I'm going to give you one more thing. Okay, here's one more thing to take to the bank. A few psalms before, you know, in one of the more famous psalms, Psalms 23 in verse 6, it says this. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me. So mercy is following us. Mercy ahead, mercy behind, mercy surrounding me. <laughs> mercy around us. Man, God's mercy and the God of mercy, he himself have us surrounded. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. God's mercy. There's no escape from it. And guess what? If we have the Holy Spirit within us too, here's another good thing. We have the Holy Spirit within us. The mercy is within us as well. It's within us as well. It's at our disposal. And what does that mean exactly for your day-to-day -day life? It means that every situation that you face, especially the ones where, you know, where danger is, is right at your door, right at your doorstep, your confidence to overcome doesn't actually have to come from you. It doesn't have to come from you. It comes from the fact that he is in you. The God is before you. The God is behind you. Mercy is within you. You can face any situation with that. Amen? His mercy never fails. It never fails. Friends turn on us. We might lose our jobs. You know, even our health fails us, right? But, and you know, bad things will happen to us. It says in the Bible, bad things are going to happen. They will happen. But guess what? We have to understand that, uh, that some of our child, he is the God of mercy. He is Elohim Shesedi. And he showers us with mercy. He showers us with compassion and love in any situation that we face. At the end of the day, we deserve death. We deserve punishment. But he gives us mercy. He gives us overflowing mercy for anything that we face. Amen? Amen. Shout out amen for that. That's amazing that he is all around us and he surrounds us. Amen. The grace of God is a surrounding unmerited grace. 
even though we continually try to live life without him, his mercy is always there. Despite my sin, despite my shortcomings, God will go before me. He will always go before me. In fact, the, day, the Lord daily goes before us. We may have wants, but he's already actually anticipated them. Right? We may have needs, but he already knows them. In fact, even before you feel the pinch of lack, you know, his mercy is already available for you, to fill you. It's easy to feel scared right now, and the, and the weight of the unknown is, is crushing in many ways. You know, what's going to happen a week from now? Holly and I are, praise God every day. Oh, the girls got to go to school again today. Hallelujah. <laughs> what's next week going to be like? We don't know. We don't know. What's going to happen next week? What's going to happen a month from now? What's 2021 20, going to be like? We don't know. Who knows? But you know what? What I do know is this, that his supply of mercy is going ahead of me. I don't even have to worry about it. His supply of mercy is going ahead, and it's also following me. So why stress about something you know nothing about? Amen. So I can sing the blues. Sing the blues. <laughs> something we know nothing about. The supply has already been provided. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Here's some good news. It's always going to be like that too, no matter what we face. It's always going to be that way, no matter what happens, no matter our outcome. God before us, God behind me. And you know what else is cool from an eternal perspective? He actually awaits the coming of his people into heaven as well too, which is another, just another bonus thing that when you think about from an eternal perspective, it's, he's, always there, he's already there waiting for us. He awaits the coming of his people, and when we enter heaven, we're not going to be unexpected guests. We're not going to be unexpected guests. We're each going to have a mansion there, furnished and ready for us. I'm going to have a water slide with a pool. Holly's going to have a golden tennis court. It's going to be prepared for us in advance. Amen? We'll be welcome home like children coming home from school. They're ready for us with, with a snack, waiting for us to come home. Amen? God before us. He's the Alpha and Omega. Nothing, absolutely nothing escapes his mercy. And, you know, whatever is captivating your thoughts this morning, whether big, small, important, inconsequential, today is your opportunity to demonstrate, like David, your faith and dependence on him. Lay it all at his throne of grace. We can approach boldly this morning to the throne of grace and receive mercy. That's what we have the, that's what we have the ability to do. He's given permission to approach the throne boldly, which is incredible. Lay it on his throne of grace. Let us therefore be, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to pray something. I'm going to pray right now about this, about his mercy to come down on us. But you know what? If you are carrying anything this morning, if you're carrying, uh, you know, any baggage or any thoughts that are tormenting you, if there's something that you wake up in the morning that's bothering you every single morning, you know, I want you to just lift your hands right now. And everybody has this. This isn't a, a shameful thing. This isn't a weakness. We all have it. Don't be like the men that go to Home Depot. That are, <laughs> We can actually lay it all at his throne. Lift your hands up and lay it at his throne right now. Right now at his throne of grace. Hallelujah. You are Elohim Shesedi, my God of my mercy. Oh, how I thank you for your favor and mercy in times when I needed your forgiveness. You have been merciful to me when I, when I turned to you in repentance from my sin. And you've extended your loving kindness in times when I didn't deserve your attention, care, or even your intervention. Help me to turn away from my own pride and self-sufficiency. Give me strength to stand up in time of need and declare your mercy before me. 
Grant me peace of mind to overcome fear. Revive me. Empower me. Overshadow me. Elohim Shesedi, that I may serve you with wholehearted faith that is worthy of your mercy and your grace. And my Lord, absolutely teach me how to extend that mercy to others as well. In your precious name, Lord, we pray. We ask. Amen. Amen. Amen.